Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. Hello. Hey. How are you doing? I'm great. We started our early our early morning. Yeah. I, that actually grammatically makes sense, but I jumbled the words in my head. Mm-hmm. We started our morning early. I vacuumed. Congratulations. I know. I felt like the Dyson does things, you yeah, know? It's a Dyson. Yeah. Right? But this, it just, is not a, this is not an ad. <laughs> I know it's not, but it's just the feeling, right? Yeah. We are in our new apartment, and we are actively unpacking and trying to get the place suitable for you know, human life living because yeah. it is, it's very white and we need to it's put stuff so on the white. walls, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about having a vacuum. This yeah. is a very adult <laughs> purchase yeah. or I mean, it wasn't a purchase, but a rental, uh, a rental, if you will, but I'm very excited to have a vacuum. So yeah, shout it, out your mom. Shout out mom. Yeah. She, well, it was going to originally go to my brother, but I've traded my old golf clubs for the Dyson. We love a bartering system. And since that I know he doesn't listen, it's worth way more than my golf clubs ever will be. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but I got a good deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when there was nothing in here, you were like, I should be in a straitjacket. This is so white. Do you understand now? It's yeah, so white. It's... You weren't here when I was here by myself and it was empty. Well, I was in the living room when it was empty and I'm yeah. like, this just feels weird way too sterile quasi black mirror episode (laughs) yeah it's weird because every single thing in our kitchen is white Mm -hmm. everything the fridge and the carpets and the walls and the closets and every every single thing is yeah at least the floor wasn't white it kind of is is gray oh okay i didn't notice i guess you were clinging on to oh i know i was like there's one piece of color well this is funny because uh being isolated in this apartment is a little bit maddening but also not nearly as maddening as uh our story is today for the person okay. hello does that make sense yes it's not as bad than yossi had it let's just put it like that he oh, goes okay. way crazier <laughs> i would hope so yeah right like, i was trying we're to make just it... like finding things to complain about this person almost dies no 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 i was really trying to make a smooth transition happen and it didn't point That's being okay. he goes crazy because he's lost in the jungle and and who would and i and who wouldn't honestly but hey let's talk about our story Jump in. shall we because we have a big one today okay um and it's an amazing story a couple of people had suggested it to me um in the past and it, it's been on my list for a long time but for a good portion of the stories that i have on my list like I don't know what they're about until I like do a deep dive on them or like, you know, whatever. It's just kind of a name on a list. And I'm like, okay, I'll get to that one in the future. So I didn't know what this one was about until I got his book and read it. And oh my God, this story is insane. Yeah. There's no like Yelp reviews. Well, there is. For the, no, well for the book, but like for the stories that you. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, I I could do like a little baby research and I, I did generally know that it was like someone who got lost in the jungle, but I didn't know like the specifics of it, obviously, because that's what research is for. And you know, that's, that's what I do. So here we are. And I'm very excited to tell you about it because I have never heard a more insane story and we've told a lot of like jungle stories before. And this one, I think for me at least takes the cake. Okay. I'm really excited then because I mean, we've told so many. Let's jump in. Let's do it. Stop talking about it. Okay. (laughs) Stop talking about it and just talk about it. Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. 
So we are going to be talking about Yossi Ginsberg today, as well as Kevin Gale and two other men that we will get into in a little bit. But our story takes place in November of 1981, or at least that's when it starts. At this time in Yossi's life, he had been so badly trying to avoid going along with societal expectations. 22-year-old Yossi had recently finished his military service with the Israeli Navy, and the last thing he wanted to do was follow the crowd. Finding a wife, getting married, settling down, having kids, it just wasn't something that was very appealing for him. He was looking for an adventure. And to Yossi, that meant becoming a mochilero, aka backpacking through South America. Wow, okay. Yeah, so according to Yossi, mochileros have certain characteristics. In their packs, you can find a pair of patched faded jeans, a sweater, raincoat, a Coleman burner, the South American handbook, or as they call it, their Bible, a sleeping bag, a few toiletries, and a small first aid kit. And that's about all they have. The idea is to travel from place to place, carrying everything on your back, forget your troubles, and let tomorrow take care of itself. This could never be us. <laughs> Let me just say that right now on so many levels. Yeah. No, my planning ass. Could you imagine? Yeah. Let tomorrow take care of itself. There's just no way. With just a couple things in a backpack and then you're good. Yeah. That would be tough for me. I don't think I would find that very fun. Maybe for like a weekend. Yeah. But, but we love this for Yossi. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really cool when people can do this. And like the people who are like adventurers like this, it, I'm sure they see incredible things. Mm-hmm. I know they do. Um, and they have experiences that most people never have in their lifetimes. So it's definitely really cool and very impressive. But I'm just not the uh, personality type. And it just, it ain't me. No, no it isn't me. Being a mochilero, you tend to meet a lot of local people who are usually very friendly to strangers as well as a lot of drifters like yourself. Yossi first met Marcus Stam while on a small ferry on the way to Tequil. I hope I'm saying that right. Tequila sands the A. It's not, yeah, kind of, (laughs) I guess. The boat had been pushed away from the dock, but just before they got too far away, a backpacker ran breathlessly toward them, screaming, wait, wait, in Spanish. And from the moment Marcus stepped foot on that boat, he and Yossi instantly connected, sharing food together, agreeing to stay together once they got to their destination, and even planned more trips together in the future. Like, just on that boat ride, basically. Wow. They they pretty much met, and they were like, did we just become best friends? Oh, it was a stepbrothers scene? That's, like, what it reminds me of, because they were like, what's your favorite candy? Red vines! Like, it was, (laughs) that's, like, pretty much what it was, and then they just were best friends, (laughs) like... Amazing. Yeah. Love that for them. It's awesome. Now that we're in the full swing of summer, you may be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals to fit into your active days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with delicious and nutritious ready-to-eat meals that are delivered straight to your door. You can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. I was so excited when I got my box from Factor in the mail. I love an easy, high-quality meal, and that's exactly what I got. I had such an incredible chicken dish, I couldn't believe all I had to do was heat it up. And I took a peek at the upcoming menu, and I am personally very excited to try the Alpestor shredded pork and the honey mustard chicken. 
And with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. Factor offsets 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals, which we love. Head to factormeals.com slash nottoday50 and use code nottoday50 to get 50% off. That's code nottoday50 at factormeals.com slash nottoday50 to get 50% off. Marcus had even convinced Yossi to abandon his plan to see Machu Picchu and come with him to La Paz in Bolivia. And Yossi was really looking forward to that trip. He was like, I really want to see Machu Picchu. And he almost didn't go with Marcus, but Marcus was like, come on, just come with me. It'll be so great. Even though we literally just met each other, we're going to have the best time. And Yossi was like, you know what? YOLO. Straight up, yeah. Yeah. We have four major players in this story. Ooh, two more. Yes, we have Yossi and Marcus, who I'd mentioned, a man named Kevin, and another man named Carl. And I'll get into Kevin and Carl a little bit later. So if Yossi had never met Marcus in Peru that day, he may have never met Kevin or crossed paths with Carl. Everything would have been different, and their story most likely would have never happened. So it was just that chance encounter on the dock of a boat going to, you know, wherever that changed the course of their lives. Wow. And that's just kind of how shit happens sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I guess everything is kind of a chance encounter and life just happens. Unless you stay in. Yeah, unless you're a Get a, out there. agoraphobic, yeah. I guess. But it is interesting to think about. Like, if he didn't meet Marcus, none of this would have happened. Because he would have gone to Machu Picchu, and he never would have crossed paths with any of these people. I know. I really like thinking about this. Do you... This is a complete tangent, mm-hmm. so we might cut this, but... okay. Do you know like uh, the multiverse theory? I mean, you you know Rick and Morty, right? Oh, yeah. Like how I, there's like a I million possibilities. And... Sure. Yes. Like, are you? Does that not cross your mind sometimes? Like, cause this is what this makes me think of. Like, mm. oh, he just he trips and is ten seconds late to the boat. This never happened. I mean, yeah. I guess you know he like misses the boat because they were leaving, right? Yeah. Marcus. He does yeah. like one more thing that morning, mm-hmm. and he's late, or and he misses the boat, and yeah. then nothing ever happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it makes me it makes me wonder, like, just the scope of how many possibilities there are is just crazy to me. Like, do you know that in chess, it's really easy to play, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you can look at the board, right? and there's, you know, a set number of pieces. But, like, once you move them, there's so many combinations that you could, like, play a new game every time. Okay, Queen's Gambit. Literally every time. <laughs> I know, well, but I don't know, it's just, like, that's what this makes me think of it's very interesting to think about and actually even more interesting um marcus had told yossi like i i'm pretty sure i have a psychic connection to you know whatever like he was a very spiritual person oh he's a little woo woo he was he's very woo woo i'm here for the woo yeah and um he had seen a psychic who told him to be careful on this trip because really some harm is going to either come to him either he's going to die or someone in his life is going to die but at that point he had just like had a really bad breakup and he was really depressed and he's like you know what i'm just gonna go and it's fine like what's the worst that can happen well actually death actually that is probably the worst that could well happen. yes but he was in a kind of a bad place at that time so he's like i'm just gonna go and gonna see do it oh, yeah. okay but anyway then he met yossi and everything unfolds so let's keep going marcus was a school teacher from switzerland and to yossi he was amazing Marcus was incredibly warm. He was generous and helpful toward whoever he came across. Like he was just genuinely a good person. 
Yossi and Marcus had been staying in an old folks' home, is what he called it, in La Paz together, when Yossi had been approached by a man named Carl Ruprechter, who had been living in Bolivia for the past 10 years, mostly working in the jungle, looking for gold and uranium and exploring. Looking for gold and uranium. That's what his book said. How do you look for uranium? I don't know, but... Bro, what? I, it said looking look for, for green gold. green shit and green shit. Yeah, I guess. And gold. Um, okay. After meeting Carl, Yossi's interest was immediately piqued. Carl had shown Yossi pictures of his last expedition through the jungle and told him that he was planning on going on a new three-month expedition through the jungle in a week to an unexplored region of the jungle to look for precious metals and would be happy to take him and perhaps one or two of his friends along. Interesting. Yeah, he's like, I'm an Austrian geologist who's been living in Bolivia for like 10 to 15 years. I know the jungle like the back of my hand. Here's all the pictures of my last expeditions and whatever. Here's a picture of me like holding a monkey. Holding and, a monkey. Yeah. And Yossi, who was really looking for adventure, was like, this is, this is sick. Yeah, this is yeah. amazing. He's like, this is the jam. Yes. So Carl made this idea very appealing. He told Yossi it would be the trip of a lifetime, and he and his friends could stay as long or as little as they wanted. If they wanted to leave early, Carl would send a guide with them to the nearest village. Easy peasy, right? But, Easy. Right. But while they were there, they would eat game they hunted, sleep in the great outdoors, and see things they had never seen before. Excited by the idea, Yossi and Carl arranged to meet the next day to talk about the trip a little more. But in the meantime, Yossi knew he needed to get Marcus on board for their adventure. After explaining everything he had heard, Marcus wasn't nearly as excited by the idea, but agreed to come with Yossi at least to meet the guy. The next day, when Yossi had gone to meet up with Carl, he was surprised to see that Marcus had actually brought another friend along with him for the meeting. That man was 29-year-old Kevin Gale. Kevin had been kind of famous among the Mochileros for being a very experienced traveler and photographer. He had done it all, so he was kind of a legend among these people. Sweet. Yeah. Kevin was originally from Oregon, and at the time, he had an agent in New York who he had been sending his photos to with hopes that they'd be published in National Geographic. Marcus and Kevin had been best friends and had been traveling on and off together for eight months. So like Marcus and Yossi, Marcus and Kevin hit it off immediately too and were traveling and, you know, were very good friends. Kevin had been traveling around South America for two years and had recently decided that he was going to go home for the holidays, like he was going to leave. But the expedition idea had also piqued his interest as well. So he's like, I'm willing to not go home to potentially go on this jungle expedition. Damn. Yes. These people are nuts. Well, yeah. I'll well, you were saying like he knows the jungle like the back of his hand. I was like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> the unexplored part of the jungle? Well, unexplored. You can't know. I mean, I guess he. what you mean is that he can be in the He knows the ways of the jungle, maybe. No, I, I mean, he literally knows like rivers and landmarks and he like has explored this area many times at least that's what he was telling them and he also but i thought you said the place they were going to was unexplored so they were looking for a golden so yeah stuff. a little bit that but he was also telling them oh i can take you to this indigenous village and these these people are completely cut off from society they're like the grid. yeah they're completely off the grid they've never had any contact with society the only people they've ever seen 
are like me and a couple other um what's it called not priests monks not monks i don't know a religious leader yeah the sort. only people the only white people they had seen <laughs> were like four or five people they had not seen anyone and they were completely like uncharted on you know civilized kind of that's how he was painting it um and uh he was like, but I have been there and I know the area very well and I can take you there and whatever. So even though it was like unexplored, quote unquote, it was unexplored by like most people, but not by him. Oh, is okay. what he was saying. I got you. Yeah. This the whole pitch feels like salesy to me. <laughs> like this is going to be the greatest thing. You're going to see things that nobody has ever seen, like all these absolutes. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like. Too good to be true? Uh, yes, I'm being marketed to. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like at the end of this, there's a promo code. You know? <laughs> Use promo code monkey to get... Yes. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, he he was talking a big game, no doubt. But, That's what it sounds but he like. But yeah. he had pictures and he had like he all had this knowledge and he had receipts. He had the receipts. Carl had assured the men that the trip he was taking wasn't for pleasure he was going out for work, but he had sketched out a map on a notebook of the jungle and gave them loads of information about where they would be going and what they could expect. He charted rivers, mountains, villages, towns, and mining camps, even. He was like, okay, and if you when, once you cross this river, you're going to get to a small mining camp, but it's been deserted for 10 years, so, you know, you can only find whatever the remnants of... And they're like, uh, okay. So he seemed very knowledgeable. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, this feels like less... Salesy, although he's really playing it up. Yes. So the plan for them was to fly to a village called Apollo, where Carl would be met by four native men who lived on the Tuichi River. From there, they would have a week's hike through the jungle, and then they would get to their destination where they'd be working. A week? Yes. How many miles? I don't it's know. Like a hundred? They were, they were doing it by... Yeah, actually. The span of the Tuichi River that they were covering was a hundred miles, but they were going through the jungle, so... Yeah. Maybe even more than that, but they were measuring it by like days of walking. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe 12-ish. No idea. So Carl once again broke out all of his pictures after being grilled by Kevin about every possible detail of their trip. But satisfied with his answers, the men agreed to go. Kevin wanted Carl to find them a real map of the area, but when they could only find an extremely large-scale map meaning a very zoomed out version showing nothing specific except for like the mountains carl told them not to worry because he knew that area better than his own backyard he would be their guide carl instructed them to bring spices salt sugar alcohol tea and medicines cooking utensils cups waterproof rubber sacks a shotgun and ammo and a machete to cut through the jungle he also told them to bring snake bite serum and mosquito repellent, but the most important was mosquito nets and sheets of plastic for shelter so that they could keep out the stinging insects as they slept. So that's what he told them they needed. And other than that, they were good. Yeah, see, I just, I hate the idea of like, we'll find food when we get there. <laughs> well, they were going to bring like a sack of rice and beans, like dry rice and beans, um, but that was not going to last them. They, they were definitely going to have to hunt. Yeah, or like pick stuff. Yes. Yeah, correct. So right before they were set to go, Carl told Yossi he had to call off the trip. He had gotten a letter from his uncle saying he needed urgent help on his ranch. And the only way Carl would go with them was if they paid him as their guide. So before... Okay, now this feels like 
Do you remember when we were trying to sell everything? Uh, so a scam? No, this not, feels not like a us. Scam. We didn't scam anyone, but we got scammed a couple times or they well, tried we, to scam us. We were us. very close to being scammed. Yeah. Like we, I, we got to the point where I was looking on my Venmo for the transaction where they had sent me money. So that you could send it back. So that I could send it back. And <laughs> I can't believe that I didn't pick up on this. Like we yeah. both went through it. But I mean, it this, a, this yeah. feels like the same moment where you go, oh yeah oh you're not doing this because you're kind and want to take us on an adventure you're you want us to pay you and you're okay. doing it this way if he started out with that and said hey i know a lot about the jungle and you'd have to pay me and i'll take you i feel like they probably would have agreed regardless but it was just the Depends weird how much he wasn't charging much but it's just the weird like oh yeah i'll take you and then now it's like actually no you have to pay me if you want to go uh, yeah but like the reason also makes no sense it's like okay my who is it? His uncle. His uncle needs urgent help on the ranch. And uh, if it's that urgent, either you go or like for a nominal fee, I'll leave my uncle hanging. Well, his, his, no, no, no. It wasn't exactly that. I guess that's how I said it. But so Carl's original plan was to go out into the jungle for three months and he was going to be working and panning for gold and like, you know, hopefully making money. But when his when he got the letter from his uncle, he only had a month before he had to like go see his uncle and help him. So he's like, I can't work. So if you want to go out in the jungle with me, I have a month, but you have to pay me. Okay. So it was like not entirely unreasonable, but it was just like, uh, like they didn't love it, you know? Yeah. Anyway. But it does it does make sense. It makes more sense now. It does make more sense. Let me keep going. So Yossi didn't love that, but after talking it over with the others, they agreed to pay him. And I'm pretty sure it came out to like $50 a person. Like it was <laughs> very cheap, essentially. So since at that point they were all looking forward to going and they all had the equipment, they were like, yeah, we're just going to pay it. But now that they were paying him, Yossi, Kevin, and Marcus were in charge of what they did because now... He's just their guide and they get to decide what they want to see and do. So they decided they wanted the full jungle experience. They wanted to see the wilderness, wild animals, savage Indians, quote unquote. And of course, they wanted to raft down one of the rivers. Carl agreed. He told them he could take them to a village where about 600, quote unquote, Indians lived who had never been exposed to the outside world and Kevin could take all the pictures that he wanted and they can all see something almost no one in the world ever would. And that was really appealing to Kevin because he was trying to get published in National Geographic. So he's like, this is a very good idea. He's like, yeah, this is good for the career. Yes, it was. And on the way, they could stop in an abandoned mining town called Curie Playa, where they would mine for gold and build a raft that they could then use to raft down the Tuichi River and get out of the jungle. So that was their plan, if that makes sense. So they're going to go see a tribe. Correct. They're going to go to a mining village. Yep. Find gold. Yep. And then ride down the river in a raft. Yes, and then they'll get out. This sounds like a fairy tale. <laughs> a little bit. So... <laughs> They would take that raft 120 miles down the... 120 miles and you're just going to build it, dude, for four people? <laughs> so they would take the raft 120 miles down the Tuichi River until they could get to Renabake. And from there, they could get home on a plane to La Paz. So it was all very structured and planned. But 120 miles. Correct. That's... A little bit. A little bit cuckoo. That's a little bit, but it's long. Yeah, it is long. 
Um, so before leaving, Yossi went to the Israeli embassy and left a note informing them where he'd be going, who he'd be going with, and if they hadn't made it back out of the jungle by December 15th, they needed to send out a search party. He also left his personal belongings and money with a family that he had met and trusted in La Paz, and he wrote a letter to his brother. So he was he was covered. His bases were covered. He was very smart in his preparation. He's like, if I'm not back by December 15th, you need to send someone. I mean, he's doing all the things. Yeah. The only personal item Yossi brought with him was a small religious book that had been given to him by his uncle. His uncle had given him this book when he was a teenager and was about to go be a soldier. And his uncle told him to carry the book in his pocket everywhere he went because it had special powers and had protected him his whole life, meaning the uncle. And so after giving Yossi this book, his uncle immediately, basically, had a heart attack. And Yossi then rushed to the hospital to give the book back to his uncle. And his uncle actually regained consciousness long enough to basically tell his aunt he didn't need the book anymore, give it back to Yossi, and then he died. Whoa. Isn't that insane? Dude, I was going to, I thought you were going to say like, he got the book in his hands and all of his problems went away. <laughs> Could no. you imagine that happening? And he's like, oh my God, so I when, can never take the book from him. No, he he did take the book from him because his uncle died. Like he gave know, him the book. I know, but I'm just saying if it revived him like on the spot, like yeah. snap, that's insane. How crazy. So once everything was squared away, their journey began. The heat was sweltering as the men struggled up steep inclines. They didn't carry any water with them since it would be too heavy. So they relied on stopping through little villages or ranches in the beginning. And then they relied on like the rivers, which is bold. But Carl would improvise shelters for them with nylon sheeting and stalks of bamboo. And he was very good at it. They were like, wow, this is kind of impressive. So on their first night out there, Yossi couldn't believe the noise in the jungle. There were moments when it seemed as if they were in a busy industrial area, but in reality, it was just the birds and insects around them. Damn. Loud, yeah. Also that night, Marcus woke everyone up when he began screaming. Kevin had gotten up to pee in the middle of the night, and Marcus thought he was a huge animal coming to eat them. <laughs> so Marcus freaked out. That first night, they laughed Marcus off. But Marcus would continue to be very jumpy and extremely nervous throughout their trip. On one of their days, Carl had walked up ahead of Kevin, Marcus, and Yossi, and when Marcus realized that they were walking blindly through the jungle without their guide, he became extremely upset and scared. He wanted the three of them to stay put and call out for Carl, that way they didn't go in the wrong direction and get lost out in the jungle, which is reasonable to me. <laughs> Oh yeah, because that's I'm like this is you terrifying. in the story a little bit. I could I identify with Marcus a little bit. So Kevin and Yossi were hearing him say that, and they were like, "Absolutely not! Like this is so stupid. Carl is following a path, so we're just following the path, and we'll find him. It's fine." And they did that, but it was moments like this that began a bit of tension between Yossi, Kevin, and Marcus. Kevin had snapped at Marcus in that moment and told him he should just turn around since he's not enjoying himself and he's not cut out for their journey. And understandably so, Marcus was hurt by that. He was like, "How? who are you to tell me I'm not having fun? Like, this is fine. I'm having fun and I will have a good time, <laughs> know, damn it. Like, like, I'm having fun. <laughs> this is fun. I like this. Um, but... Kevin and Yossi <laughs> felt like Marcus wasn't cut out for the jungle. He was far too sensitive and even too kind. Like he was kind to a fault. 
you know when people are just so like cheery happy kind and you're just like they're a little too sweet yeah you know like it feels fake no no no. it they didn't think it felt fake but they were just like he's so sweet it like gives me a headache you know what i mean like it's just sometimes it's too much yes exactly kevin especially had become fed up with marcus and carl Carl would constantly go off on tangents telling random stories and adventures he'd gone on. And many times, Kevin felt like the things he were saying were just kind of weird. Like, for instance, he told them he had gotten a degree in agronomy, which contradicted his story of being a geologist. So they just thought he his stories weren't adding up. They're like, wait a minute, you said you were a geologist. And he had like a whole explanation as to like why he was not actually a geologist, but kind of a geologist. It was like... You know, they were like, who are you? What is this? What's going on, dude? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking while he, while we were talking about, oh, he like was coming up with all these details. I was like, maybe he is kind of just making shit up on the fly. Yeah. It's like he's giving too many details, you know? Yeah. Some people can do that. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. But it's also scary because you would be like, even I was like, okay, all these details. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't there, but I was like, if he's backing it up. Right. Hard to say he's a charlatan. A charlatan? A charlatan. A charlatan. Um, Carl was their guide. He knew where they were going. He hunted for them. He set up their shelters. And he even made them coffee in the morning. He was like a bed and breakfast. Yeah. So actually, no, no. So Marcus began calling him Papa. (laughs) That's so funny. You're like, he's daddy. I'm like, yeah, he's Papa. Like, that's really funny. So this only further divided the group because Kevin hated that Marcus called him Papa. He's like, dude, I don't like this guy. And also you're annoying me. So stop calling him Papa. Also you're annoying me. Yeah. And he just felt like they were both full of shit. And Yossi kind of agreed, especially on the Marcus front. He and Marcus had been very close, but since going out there, things were extremely tense and awkward between them. By that time, they had been hiking through the jungle for four days. But things looked up when they finally made it to the Tuichi River and a little village called Azriamis, where Carl had friends and they could rest and eat. Carl was friends with a high-status man in the village, Don Jorge, so the men had a spacious room to stay in and a feast fit for kings. This was the high point of the trip for them because they got to eat delicious food, drink, laugh, and they relaxed in a beautiful place. But once they left Azriamis, things went back to being very tense. In the beginning of their journey, the men would take off their socks and shoes to cross the rivers, but Carl soon became impatient with that, and he crossed in his shoes and his socks, so the men followed suit. But that was a bad call, because not long after that, Marcus had developed a really awful and painful rash on his feet, which made him slow the whole group down. And this rash was no joke. It started out as red splotches, but it got much worse. If you didn't keep your feet dry and clean, your skin would fall off. It was extremely painful. Yeah, I was thinking, does he get gangrene or something? His skin was falling off his feet. Like, it's... It's not good. Yeah, this was no joke. But Kevin and Yossi thought he was being a big baby about everything because they didn't have this rash and they just, like saw him constantly complaining and slowing everyone down and yeah you know, he didn't help himself in the beginning of no, the story exactly so they were like this is so obnoxious and he's being a little baby about everything being a little man baby yeah so there was that but marcus also got upset when carl would kill game for them to eat 
Carl didn't hold back when he was killing something out there for them to eat, but it just upset Marcus to be killing innocent animals, which of course annoyed Kevin because he wanted to know what Marcus thought they'd be eating out there, if not animals. Although Carl had been unnecessarily violent a few times, he beat animals to death instead of just shooting them and putting them out of their misery. So this was very jarring. Like, I don't That's think weird. anyone would want to experience that. Bro. Yeah. Is this where this story is going? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Carl is a psycho. Is he going to like try and murder them out there? I'm not going to say that because that's not what... I don't know, but like if you're beating... I, I don't know. It just seems weird. He was giving very like jungle man. Like he was he was like, I am the king of the jungle and I'm going to beat this monkey's head in because it's... Jesus you know. Christ. Yeah, no, it was like they he did that to monkeys. Like and like sloths. Yeah. That's... That one is really uncomfortable because it is. if monkeys are so close yeah. to humans. Yeah. Like he, he shot the monkey down out of the tree. So it was like down on the ground and like injured. And then he, instead of just shooting it and like killing it, he like beat its head in, which is, oh God, yeah. Dude. Sorry to be so graphic, I guess, trigger warning. Yeah. But, I'm on Marcus's side here. I'm yeah, like, me too. Is it really necessary? No, it's not. But then he was like, oh, you don't want to waste the ammo. And it's like. You're not wasting it. You're killing the animal. Like, stop. Well, I mean, I guess you only have so many bullets, but Ugh. don't you have a knife? But they're going to stop through other villages. Like, they could probably get more ammo. I don't know. Carl, He give, it's bad, bad vibes. Bad vibes. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, you're not going to be vegetarians the whole time. No, of course not. I mean, that's obviously, like, an issue. Like, for Marcus, he has to eat the animals. And he did, but he was just upset about it. <laughs> he was just really mad about everything. <laughs> more upset than mad, but yes. Yeah. Without even meaning to, the group had split into two groups. Carl and Marcus always walked together, and Yossi and Kevin always walked together. Yossi and Kevin felt Marcus had changed, or rather, he hadn't changed. They felt like they were getting tougher out there, but he was too soft and he couldn't handle it. Marcus also felt this weird tension, and he tried talking with Yossi about their friendship and how he was feeling off, but Yossi just brushed him off and told him that everything had been fine and it's nothing to worry about. Classic guy move. Yeah. Guys in the jungle being emotionally being closed dudes. off. Yeah. yeah. Guys being dudes. So everything came to a head when after five days of trekking through the jungle, Marcus said he felt as if they didn't have enough food to continue on. And he was worried about relying on Carl for hunting. They only had a few days worth of rice and beans left, and after that, they would have to rely solely on the food that they could find. Yossi didn't want to turn back. He felt like they could continue living off of what they had in the jungle. But they waited until the following morning to make a final call. But with Marcus saying they should turn back and Yossi saying they should keep pushing forward, it was up to Kevin to cast the final vote. And after lots of thought, he finally said they should go back. And that's when things got really tense. Kevin, for the first time, didn't take any pictures. They were all in a sour mood. They had fire ants attacking them and bees and mosquitoes. They needed to pull leech after leech off their bodies, and they barely spoke to each other. Like, they were just having a bad time. As time went on, Marcus's feet were in terrible shape. Carl had told him to take his shoes and socks off every time they stopped. That way he could keep his feet as dry as possible but it hadn't been helping. Carl had scared Marcus even further when he said his friend had experienced that rash and had gotten so bad that his friend couldn't walk anymore. So Marcus was understandably freaked out. I mean, and, and in a lot of pain like this. It, yeah, I mean, that that 
is no joke. I mean, this is that's the precursor to like losing your feet though, right? Pretty much. Like if if he and it, it could spread too. Like it could spread yeah. up your legs and your body and stuff. So it was not a good rash to have. They had already decided they weren't going to make it to the native village and had turned around. But Yossi and Kevin still wanted to carry through their second part of their adventure, meaning raft down the Tuichi River. The group managed to make it back to Azriamis, where Don Jorge suggested they send Marcus on a mule out of there, and he would personally lead him back to Apollo where he could fly home, because that's how bad his feet were. He's like, he should not be walking, and I will personally take him. Wow, what a nice guy. Yeah, they're very nice. They're all, yeah. I don't know, it's just, the other thing, side note, about this whole journey is that you were saying that they just go from ranch to ranch, and they just show up, and they're like, hey, we need food. Yeah, we're and travelers. people just like give them food yes and places to sleep and like for free pretty much i mean they pay some of them but some of them were like no you don't have to pay me it's fine damn mm-hmm. so don jorge was like i'll take him on a mule and at first he was he was down for that he's like great <laughs> i don't want to walk anymore and i can have a, a guide take me back to apollo sounds great yep. but the others had decided they were going to raft the tuichi and get to renabake which was their you know original plan and Don Jorge had even arranged for villagers to build the men an awesome raft to use. So, there we go. Yeah, so they're they're building like a great raft. And after a few days of convincing by Carl, Marcus was back on board for the adventure hmm. because it took a few days to build the raft. So he had some time to kind of break Marcus down a little bit. Oh, Marcus is back. Marcus is back on the trip. Well, I guess he doesn't have to walk. He's on the raft. He has to walk to the river. Anyway... Kevin wasn't pleased when he learned that Marcus would be joining them, but Marcus told him, we started the trip together and we're going to end it together. And that was all fine and dandy in theory, but once the men were back out in the jungle with their new raft, things got even worse. Carl had told the men they needed to listen to exactly what he said while they were on the river and paddling together because the river had very swift rapids and they could become deadly very fast. As they all got onto their large rectangular raft, each of them had a pole to use as a paddle, which against the strong water was effectively useless. You guys don't even have paddles, dude? Barely. They were they were using poles as paddles. Like, they didn't have actual paddles. No. Yeah, that doesn't do anything unless exactly. you touch the bottom. Right. So they had other poles that they were, like, trying to hit the rocks with to push them away from the rocks but they were moving so fast that the pole would hit the rock and then just get flung out of their hands and go into the water Snap, yeah. exactly so it was not working at all what ended up happening was that carl and kevin just were cursing at each other as they were going down the river and in the rapids and and damn near physically fighting each other on this raft about what they should do as they rushed down the rapids so like this was a bad experience <laughs> like it was yeah not good this- This is like shit hitting the fan. Yes. And although they smashed into basically every rock imaginable, their raft somehow stayed intact. So it was a very good raft. Shout out Azriamis and the- Azriamis? That's the village is- Yeah. Okay. Once they finally got off the raft and onto a small beach, Carl immediately began freaking out and told them they had to do exactly what he said or they would die. And at that point, Kevin believed Carl was full of shit. That night, Kevin proposed to Yossi that they should continue on the raft on their own because he's like, did you see how freaked out Carl was? I think he can't even swim. Like, I think that's why he's freaked out. And Yossi was like, <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. Like, or we might die. Yeah, right. Like, or that. 
Exactly. <laughs> he didn't, but Kevin didn't trust Carl. He felt like there was something fishy about the whole thing. I mean, there is something fishy about Carl. Yeah. For sure. Right. So the next day, Marcus approached Yossi and told him that Carl had mentioned calling off the entire rafting trip. So Marcus said maybe just the three of them should go, meaning Marcus, Yossi, and Kevin. And Yossi and Kevin didn't want Marcus to come. They were like, sounds great, but you're not invited, basically. Marcus had been an anxious wreck on the raft, and his feet were in worse shape every single day. So they're like, if he comes, he's going to just slow us down. Yeah, he needs to take a mule and go home. Right. So after another few terrifying attempts with the raft, Carl finally told the men he would be walking out of the jungle the rest of the way. He was not getting back on the raft, so they could either come with him or die on the raft. I'm, I'm with Carl. I mean, something's off with him, but fuck this raft, dude. Fuck, yeah. or, well, really, like, the raft is great. The river is not. Exactly. Yeah, the river was definitely dangerous. No doubt about it. Carl told him there was no way he could do that again since no one knows how to paddle. And not only that, but further down the river, it would be impossible to cross with the raft because there's a big waterfall. In two days' time, if they kept with the raft, they would run into Malpaso San Pedro. That was an unnavigable pass with waterfall, whitewater rapids, and jagged rocks. If they went through that, they would die. And in four days, they would have been out there a month. So he had had enough. He was like, I am going to be leaving. Yeah, I mean, fair. So, but the original plan was to go through this? Yes, it was. So then, huh? Right, okay, thank you for catching on to that. So Kevin wanted to know, why now are we hearing about this impossible incrossable canyon waterfall when this was the plan all along. Carl just kept contradicting himself. First, he told them that he had traveled the length of the, of the Tuichi River twice on a raft, and then he switched it to he had never done that, and now they didn't know about San Pedro Canyon until they were almost halfway there. Kevin wanted nothing to do with Carl at that point. He's like, you are fake, you know nothing, or you're lying to us, and I don't know what it is, but I don't trust you. Yeah, and why would he? Yeah, exactly. He's like, you told us that you rafted this river twice. I mean, I just think he doesn't want to deal with them anymore. They're like a bunch of bickering children. Well, sure. There's also that. But it's like, you told us you rafted this river twice, and now it's impossible? Like, what is the truth? What's the story? You know? After some light convincing, Kevin had gotten Yossi back on board to continue rafting the rest of the way and to have their full adventure. Because when Carl told them that there was going to be a waterfall and like rapids and rocks and whatever, and they would die if they went through it, Yossi was like, okay, I'm going to walk out with Carl because I don't want to die on the river. You know, I want to see it, but I don't want to die. But, <laughs> but now the problem was making it so Marcus didn't come with them because Kevin had convinced Yossi, and now they're like, we don't want Marcus to come with us. So Yossi went up to him, and he said, hey, look, Kevin's going to go by himself regardless, and I don't want him to do that because he'll definitely die on his own. So I think one of us should go with Carl, and the other should go with Kevin. And if you don't mind, I want to walk out with Carl since your feet are so bad. So you should take the raft with Kevin. Oh, wow. And Marcus was like, no, Kevin hates me. I can't be the one to go with him, so I want to go with Carl. And Yossi was like, okay, if you think you can handle walking, you go with Carl and I'll go with Kevin. Oh, that's kind of smart. Yeah, it was Hold very- the old one too on Yeah, him. very sneaky, but it did work. A little reverse psychology. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. 
By that time, Yossi had begun getting little red splotches on his feet, just like Marcus, but his rash wasn't nearly as bad yet. So yet, yet, keyword being yet. So he was ready to go. And when Carl heard about their plan, he thought they were lunatics, but he didn't stop them. He was like, fine, you do the raft. I'm going to walk out. Exactly. can't stop them. So the next day, Kevin got every bit of information he could out of Carl about Malpaso and their route to try to figure out generally what they should expect and where to go. They would have to raft all the way to Malpaso, but get off the river. That way they didn't go over the waterfall. So he's like, you'll see a little beach. And when you see the little beach, get off the river. Because then if you don't, you're going to go over the waterfall and you're going to die, basically. Mm. They then would have to hike to Curie Playa, which should take them about two days, where they could make a new raft and then take the Tuichi the rest of the way. So he's like, you get off at Malpaso, you hike to Curie Playa, you make a new raft, you get back on the river, and you're all good. Easy peasy. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay? Sure. They agreed Marcus and Carl would take the shotgun, and Yossi and Kevin would take the machete and the food and supplies since they would be out in the jungle much longer. After a very awkward goodbye between Yossi, Marcus, and Kevin, Marcus <laughs> Marcus told them goodbye, he'd see them in La Paz, and he would be praying for them. They split, and Kevin and Yossi were off on their two-man adventure. This is insane. By the way, this is crazy. <laughs> so they're going down a river that they don't know. Correct. Uh, trusting directions from a guy that they don't trust. Yes. Clearly lying. Mm-hmm. And they have no paddles well kevin was like i'm gonna make us better paddles like he okay but yeah. anyway i mean we're like white water rafting and blind yes you know on a raft that's yeah but it's a good raft it's a good raft I mean, but it's just yeah. a rectangle it's a it's logs it's yeah. logs that are tied together really nicely like it's just a rectangle raft yeah i mean hey it's the adventurous spirit yeah kevin and yosi had all of a few hours before shit hit the fan on the river so wow okay this is pretty instant i thought they were going to make it a little farther well they do but it's bad immediately (laughs) okay so at first their rafting went smoothly enough even though they hit rapids and rocks they were able to follow the current well enough and they were spit out again on gentle waters and when that happened they were like see see carl (laughs) we're fine hey big big f you to carl you know like (laughs) Flick the teeth or whatever. Like, yeah, the Italians what? do. No, no, no. That's the the hand under the thumb or hand under the chin. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, yeah. Oh like, no, my mom was talking about this. Her her grandma was old Italian grandma, and she used to curse Christopher Columbus every day for discovering this country. <laughs> and she would go, Christopher Columbus. And she'd go like, she'd flick the. Yeah. <laughs> she'd do the chin and then flick the teeth. I did. I didn't know about the flick the teeth one, but that's really funny. Yeah, I don't really know what it means, but I think it's worse. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Grandma. So <laughs> um, so this definitely... So because they were spit out on gentle waters, it made them feel like they could do this. But it was extremely important they get off the Tuichi when they spotted the narrow beach before Malpaso, which they missed. Well... So that meant they were headed straight for very dangerous rapids, rocks, and a waterfall. And once they realized their mistake, it was too late. The rapids had taken the raft and they couldn't get out. They were moving so fast and smashed into every big rock, they couldn't even attempt to paddle. They had to just lay on their stomachs and hold on tight to the raft. Like, that's all they could do. 
But all of that came to a dangerous halt when the raft smashed directly into a rock in the center of the river and pushed them vertically onto the rock. So the waters are pushing onto the the raft and the raft is basically vertical, if that makes sense. Oh, so it's stuck against the rock. It's stuck against the rock. And they're holding on just like for dear life. Yeah, I mean, you're not moving it now. Right. If they let go of the raft, they would go straight into the rapids, which would be very bad. So as they screamed to each other over the loud sounds of the rapids, Kevin told Yossi he was going to jump off and swim to the shore. And once he got to the shore, Yossi needed to toss him his shoes and the machete so that he could go get a vine to then pull in Yossi. Because the the shore wasn't that far away, but the rapids were very strong. So this was like risky, but they had to do something. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah, what else, the other option? Right. Yossi didn't like this plan, but it wasn't up for debate. So Kevin dove into the water and for a moment got lost in the rapids, but only moments later, he bobbed back up and made it to the shore. Oh, easy peasy. Easy peasy. What's the problem? Exactly. Why are we talking about this? Right. However, when it became Yossi's turn to act, he tossed the machete, which dislodged the raft from the rock, sending the raft back into the water. Kevin screamed that he would be going over the waterfall, meaning Yossi would be going over the waterfall, and he had to hang on tight. But just as Kevin said that, Yossi was thrown into the white water. So now he doesn't even have a raft. Like he's just in the water. Can he swim to shore? No, he's in the, he's in the rapids and he, he can't, oh he's not going at an angle. He's going with the current, which is down the waterfall. So as he was swept along by the violent current, Yossi thought his lungs were going to explode since he couldn't come up for air. Finally, he managed to break the surface and got a quick breath before being pulled back under. When he finally did come up for air, he was stunned to see that he had actually gone through Malpaso, but had somehow survived the canyon. So the water was so like crazy and heavy on him that he was pulled down the waterfall, but didn't even know it. Oh, he didn't even realize he went down the waterfall. No. How high was it? I think it was like 10 to 12 feet or something. That is not a waterfall. Come on, that is BS. I actually don't know how big it was, but I think they said it was somewhere around 10 to 12 feet. That's dangerous. That's, okay, I was imagining like 100 feet. No, it's not 100 feet. I mean, come on. Do 10 not... to 12 feet, that's two people. Do not. You fell, you fell two people. He didn't even notice that it happened. How bad could it be? But think about the white water and the rocks you i can't... know that's more dangerous to me than the waterfall well that's the point is he would yeah. get smashed into a rock and die well i know but yeah i mean we knew this before the waterfall it's like the waterfall doesn't seem like this big thing that it was sold to be why don't you give it a try and let me know how it goes i'm just saying i could like i Actually, feel like i could jump 12 feet down don't i'm gonna i'm gonna retract that statement don't give it a try because I'd like you to live. <laughs> okay. Okay. I guess Yossi did live, but I think he was like, it was not. It was not good. He was not okay. It was not common. I, the words flew out of my head. Anyway, he shouldn't have lived is my point. Yeah. But he did. I don't know. Did you not have this like big, I was thinking like Niagara Falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not Niagara Falls. It's a waterfall. It's not huge, but it was big and very dangerous for them to be on, especially with the rapids. Okay. Okay. Fine. You're being a jerk. (laughs) You need to apologize to Yossi and Kevin because this is ridiculous. (laughs) All right. Dude, honestly, I would have been worse than Marcus, so. (laughs) Yeah, you would have. I would have too. I mean, I don't want to go in the jungle. I just wouldn't be on the trip. No, exactly. 
So he had survived the waterfall. And this was great news for Yossi as he finally flopped on the side of the river and like was able to lay down for a second and not be in the water. Yes. But the bad news was Kevin and Yossi were now separated by miles of distance. And oh, not, he, he did miles? Yeah, he was in the river rapids? for like 20 minutes. Wow. Yeah. And that took him miles in 20 minutes? Wow. Yes. That yeah. thing moves quick. Yes, that's the point. Okay, but I didn't know how quick. Okay. I like numbers. Very dangerous. Okay. So they were not just separated by miles of distance, but like a massive rock face was in the way of the river side. So like he, to get to each other, they would have to go into the jungle to then like hike around it. They were very far away from each other. The panic set in for both of them as they scrambled to try to find a way back to each other, but it was too late. The river had carried Yossi too far away too fast. And possibly worse than that, Yossi had lost their life pack, their bag that they had packed with everything they needed to survive in it, because that was tied to the raft, and the raft is now gone. So that's bad news. Yossi convinced himself Kevin would find him, How far could he possibly be from Curie Playa? How long had he even been in the river? 20 minutes? A steady rain began falling on Yossi, and he decided his best bet wouldn't be to wait on the edge of the river. It would be better for him to go into the jungle and get shelter for the night. As he climbed up a rock wall about 15 feet up, he looked down back over the river and realized the raft and life pack were down there. He had spotted them. Oh. They had gotten caught between a few rocks in the river, and he climbed back down and tried to wade into the river to get the pack, but was swiftly picked back up by the current. (laughs) Thankfully, I know. Thankfully, he pulled himself back out of the river, and he was terrified to go back in. So he thought about scaling the rock walls to get to the pack, but it seemed impossible, and it was already getting dark. So he just had to hope that it would still be there in the morning. Soaked and alone... Yossi only had the clothes on his back, which was a blue t-shirt, a brown flannel shirt, rough underwear, jeans, socks, walking shoes, and a bandana that was tied around his neck. And all he could do that night was lay on the jagged rocks with his bandana over his face so the heat of his breath could at least give him the illusion of comfort. He cursed himself for not listening to Carl and for being so cruel to Marcus. He felt like he was getting what he deserved. He felt a little better in the morning. Yossi called out for Kevin in case he was within earshot, but when nothing came of that, he remembered that Curie Playa was not supposed to be very far from Malpaso, so that should mean he could make it there in just a few days. Yossi allowed himself to feel optimistic, and decided it would be worth his time attempting to get the life pack, even if it took all day, because without it, he would have nothing. So after searching for a while along the river, Yossi spotted it again from a cliff that towered 50 feet over the river. He had no choice but to slowly climb down and, like, scale the rock wall. And since it had been raining, the stones were very damp and slick. His pants caught on the jagged rock and ripped. His knees and fingers were scratched and bloodied, and the strain on his feet and legs were tremendous, but somehow he managed to slide down the rock all the way down to the river's edge. And from there, he saw the pack bobbing in the water stuck on a rock. Once retrieving it, he was pleased to find everything still inside. Rice and beans, flashlight, matches, the half-full lighter, their map, mosquito netting, red poncho, medicines, and, most important to him, his uncle Nassim's little book. He also had a small bottle of pills that just said speed on the side. So... (laughs) (laughs) This is a very 80s story, is it not? Yes, yeah. So he popped one 
to get because <laughs> he needed to get a move on so he, he's like superman let's do it so he popped a speed pill and continued looking for kevin and that worked it really put some pep in his step he was like bouncing all over the place i mean it does what it does right exactly it's called speed for a reason so as he navigated into the jungle he came across a large green snake only a few inches from his feet and he recognized it to be the deadly Laura. Carl had told him this snake can blind their victims by spraying venom from a distance. So it's not just if it bites you. It's like it'll spit venom in your eyes. What a dick. <laughs> right? Yeah, this that's like awful. So rude. Yeah. So he froze in place and then took a small step backwards, but then picked up a huge rock and flung it at the snake and then very much killed it with the rock. Like he went a little crazy because there was a lot of pent-up aggression and frustration. Yeah, and I just, I don't give a shit about snakes. Not the venomous ones who are going to blind me with their spit venom. Yeah, I mean, fuck them. Yeah. They started it. Exactly. So he decided he'd use it for bait instead of eat it raw because he couldn't start a fire just then since it had rained and all the branches around him were wet. So he's like, I guess I'll use it for something else. I don't know. Um, So that night, Yossi wrapped himself in the mosquito nets and the poncho for warmth. He had begun hallucinating and thinking he heard the sound of Kevin's voice calling to him. He'd get extremely excited and scream out to Kevin, but then was heartbroken each time Kevin wasn't actually there. The next morning, he woke up and it was raining again, which again meant no fire. At that point, Yossi knew the rainy season had begun. It was December 3rd. Yossi's feet were on fire. The rash had gotten very bad, and his pain was excruciating. His socks reeked and were covered with yellowish-red stains. When he peeled off his socks, he saw that most of the skin had peeled off, and between his toes was a mess of inflamed flesh, blood, and pus. So his his feet were basically just like red, open wound. And like grossness. A little bit. Yeah. He figured out how to walk mostly on the heels and sides of his feet because his soles were in such bad shape. But once again, he took the speed pill to keep up his pace and continue calling out for Kevin, which he was able to do for a full day. At night, Yossi became terrified that a jaguar would come upon him in the jungle. He had no way to set a fire to keep predators away. He did his best to get out of that mindset, and in his downtime spent every moment studying the map Carl had drawn out for them. His attempts to light a fire only wasted more and more of the little lighter fluid he had left in their lighter. Reluctantly, he climbed under the tent of mosquito netting and wrapped himself in his red poncho. By that time, it was already December 5th. Yossi had spent every day climbing and trekking through the unforgiving jungle on his mangled feet. He could really feel how weak and feverish he was at that point. And that night, things only got worse. A few hours after dark, Yossi heard the unmistakable sound of snapping branches and the stealthy thud of heavy footsteps approaching. He tried to tell himself it was just his imagination, but the fear intensified when he heard the leaves rustle nearby. He peered out from his tent of mosquito netting and shined the flashlight in front of him, At first, he didn't see anything, but still heard the rustle of leaves getting closer. He used his spoon and pot to bang and make noise, but still the noises continued. Again, he shone the flashlight out, but this time he found himself face to face with a jaguar. Uh Uh-oh. It was just about 12 feet away from him and was continuing to take light, stealthy steps forward and maintaining eye contact. 
its tail waving back and forth. Yossi felt around on the ground for his bottle of repellent spray and his lighter, and held the two up. He lit a spark and sprayed the can, which sent a large flame out toward the cat. He screamed as he sprayed the makeshift flamethrower. And after a few seconds, the repellent can was empty. But thankfully, it had worked, and the jaguar had been scared off. Wow. Yeah, I was like, what do you do? 12 feet? Again. Not far. Not far, right? (laughs) Now it's not far. Shut up. Interesting how, okay. 12 feet down a waterfall is different than 12 feet in front of a jaguar. I just would like to point out some facts. Shut up. Keep... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is insane. Mm -hmm. Like... He scared it away with a flamethrower. I, I don't know why it would get 12 feet from you and then not attack not you. Pounce. Because usually, yeah. I mean, it's also crazy that he heard it mm-hmm. one before. Because usually They're so what quiet. I've heard, yeah, what I've heard is you don't need to worry about it. They will be on you before you know it. Like yeah. you, you just can't see it. And aren't jaguars the ones that are black? Like No, no. Their uh, pumas are pumas black. Pumas are black? I'm pretty sure. I googled jaguar and just got... Cars. Car. Yeah. Jaguar. <laughs> um oh yeah, no, they're they're spotted. Jaguars are spotted. Are they they're like yellow? Yeah. They're like yellow with black spots. Yeah. It's a cute little thing. Oh yeah, so cute. But I when I was imagining it, I was imagining I guess a puma is what yeah. the black cats are. Yeah. And uh that'd be even scarier because that's like you can barely see it. Yeah. You know? I mean the this one's also like concealed enough with the black spots, especially at night, but that's I mean, those things are big. Like, yeah, that is. I thought too when close. you said twelve feet, I thought you were about to say that the the jaguar was, was 12, twelve feet, feet long. I was it's like, the oh, size God. of a school bus. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but he used a makeshift flamethrower. Like, very innovative, Yossi. Good job. This is true innovation. Yeah, but now he didn't have any more repellent or lighter fluid, which is bad. Yeah, but you know, he's not dead. No, he's not dead. He's not eaten by a jaguar, so I guess we'll take that. The morning light gave him a tremendous sense of security, even though there were plenty of deadly animals that he could encounter during the day. But as he marched on, the dread of uncertainty crept in. He wasn't sure if he was walking in the right direction or going away from the river. But he knew that any water source would basically take him in the right direction, so once he found a small stream, he felt a lot better. Right, everything flows downhill. Right. There we go. He managed to follow that all the way to this white sand beach where he found a large bush of berries, which was huge because he had only had a bit of garlic and a pinch of salt from his survival pack for the last few days. And I bet it was good. Yeah, they were, I'm sure. He felt great about this because at that point, he believed he must be within a mile of Curie Playa. He had seen fruit on the jungle floor, but it was inedible since any fruit on the jungle floor was always rotten and infested with bugs. But he was also tormented by it because many times up in the trees, he would see an abundance of fruit, but he couldn't reach any of it because, you know, it's too high up and he didn't have anything to get it. He didn't have the machete. I mean, climb up there. He couldn't. What's wrong? I mean, figure it out. Okay. So finally he came up with the idea of tying some fishing line around a high branch and then shaking the fruit loose, which worked wonders. He also managed to get fruit on one occasion when the monkeys in the trees took a bite out of their fruit and then threw it at his head almost to like mock him. That's funny. But he didn't care because he got fruit out of it. So he's like, I don't care if you bit it. I'm going to eat this. That's funny that they 
they literally will waste food to fuck with him. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have hilarious. so much. They have so much fruit. True. That they were just like, bite, throw it at his head. That's yeah, I mean, funny. it's just, it's really funny to me how human like that is. Yeah, right? Yeah. They're just trying to get a laugh out of it. So he attempted fishing as well. He caught minnows to use as bait by exposing his legs, which then large horseflies would immediately go to bite. And he would smush the horseflies between his fingers and then put them on the hook to use as bait for the minnows. That's smart. Isn't that cool? Yeah. I mean, he is innovating. Yeah, he's very smart. So he did end up getting a few minnows, but nothing larger. Like he didn't get to eat any any larger fish. So he had to make minnow soup for dinner. But, you know, he still got hot minnow soup, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The jungle had taken a real toll on his clothes. They were basically in shreds, and the rash on his feet had now spread up to the inside of his thighs, which were rubbed raw. After oh, the inside of his thighs. Yes, because he's Ooh. constantly wet. He's constantly like in the rain, and his jeans are just like rubbing against the like wet, irritated skin, and yeah. his his now his thighs are all rashy. So after many days of walking, Yossi began doubting Carl. He wasn't the most reliable source, and he worried that Kiri Playa didn't even exist. He had no idea what he should do if that were the case. But as he continued forward, he noticed a fallen palm tree that had been cut down at an angle, which was definitely from a machete. He cried with joy because he felt like he had made it to Curie Playa and there were people there, or maybe even Kevin. As he continued, he saw a bunch of machete marks on the trees, which overwhelmed him with joy. He ran down to the shore where he discovered that this camp was obviously deserted. Which wasn't what he was hoping for, but at least he had made it to Curie Playa. He found rusty tin cans, cardboard boxes, burned out campfires, and abandoned shelters, which meant he would at least sleep in a hut with no rain. He stretched out his mosquito netting over a bed in the hut and felt like a goddamn king after going through everything he had gone through to get there. So that was at least positive. I mean, does he have any pills left? Yes. He does. Nice. He was able to start a fire, so he made himself some rice and beans and let himself be optimistic. Within a few days, he should make it to San Jose, like Carl had said. He almost hoped... Wait, did you just say San Jose? Yeah. I just... You haven't mentioned that before. Is it the right place? Yes. So San Jose was also a part of their journey. They were like... Curie Playa wasn't too far from San Jose, so they were going to like raft. I thought you meant... I thought you said La Paz. La Paz? No, they had to fly to La Paz. That's where they started. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. San Jose is supposed to be near-ish by. So he's like, I'm at Curie Playa, so Carl said I should be able to hike to San Jose. Okay. Yeah. He almost hoped that no one rescued him because he felt confident enough that he would be able to make it out there on his own and he wanted to rescue himself. So he's like, I almost hope no one comes and gets me because I can do this. This is easy. Okay. Yeah. That... Right. That happiness was short-lived when the next day or so, he walked and found 20 engorged leeches all over his body, and he had to take them out. So that's gross. Makes me want to crawl inside myself. So Yossi decided he would follow the machete marks on the trees and hopefully find people, but the machete marks took him into the jungle and away from the water, which was a risk. But he decided it was worth it. So after walking a very long time, the trail had become extremely narrow and hard to follow, but at that point, he had to commit. After two hours of following this stressful path, Yossi found that it did, in fact, lead him back down to the water, which was a huge relief. 
And even better than that, he found a huge muddy footprint and it looked fresh. So he's like, oh my God, Kevin, oh my God. He immediately began screaming out for Kevin, but that hope shattered when he realized that he had seen these landmarks before and he stepped his foot down into the print, which is when he knew that it was his footprint. Oh God. He had spent the whole day making one massive circle right back to where he began. Uh, Also makes me want to crawl inside myself. Yeah, right? Oh God. I thought, I keep thinking that he's going to run into the tribe that they were talking about. No. No, they're far away from where that tribe is supposed to be. Or they don't exist. We'll see. Also possible. We will see. We'll see. Uh Uh-oh. So devastated, he took the last bit of fruit he had in his pack and ate those, as well as some chicken eggs that he had come across with the unborn babies inside, which he said were actually quite tasty. Sorry. He's like, I thought it was going to make me sick. It didn't. It tasted good. So Tastes like chicken. Interesting. Around noon, Yossi had been descending a steep hill when he slipped and landed on his backside right on a big dry branch. His weight snapped the branch in half and its sharp broken end went up into his anus. Oh my He God. was paralyzed by the pain and could only manage to writhe on the ground before he had to pull the spear back out. And it was an impossible wound to bandage. Like he just got stabbed. Like he was, Ugh. yeah, it was bad. Things only got worse when the next time he stopped to rest, he was swarmed by a bunch of hornets after mistakenly disturbing their nest, and he was stung on the face so many times that his face swelled up like a balloon, and he had to run blindly away toward the river until he came crashing down. So this is a bad day to be Yossi in the jungle. So if we flash forward to the 14th of December, Yossi hoped that the embassy, Kevin, Marcus, or even his brother had sent someone for him by now, because he said December 15th, and it's the 14th. So one more day. That night and basically every night after, the rain had come down so hard on him, all he could do was dream he was somewhere else. He spent a lot of time daydreaming. Walking had become impossibly difficult during the day, and the rain at night was unbearable, and he hadn't eaten in so long, he was afraid to take the speed pills. So he didn't even take those because he's like, I have no food in me. So this is probably not good. Yeah. He was so starving, he picked up the rotten fruit from the ground and ate it, worms and all. He was like, it was extra protein. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got no other option. Right. So some other horrifying things that he came across during this time. Yossi fell into quicksand, or quick mud, rather. He was convinced he would just die stuck in there because he had sunken into the mud up to his chest and he couldn't move. Like, that's how quick and intense it was like it just sucked him in wow yeah only because he was able to reach one branch with his hand that he like managed to pull out of the mud and pull himself out was he able to actually get out of the mud wow okay mm-hmm. so if, if there was no branch for him to grab onto he would have died in the mud yeah, i mean we could just like tally up another right near death part of this yeah exactly he was so weak at that point it's honestly a wonder he even managed to pull himself out but he did so he also began hallucinating that there was a woman out there with him that he had stumbled upon and he's like oh i found her crying in the in the jungle which she was not real but he i guess made her up in his head because he like had to be brave for her so he would tell her it's okay sweetheart just a few more steps careful not to slip love like he was just using this hallucination to continue forward yeah 
And that went on for a few days. Oh my god. Of hallucinating. Yeah. He he was going a little a little cuckoo out there. So I mean, why how can you not? Yeah, I know. So he had actual worms that had burrowed all over his body. Like mosquitoes had laid eggs in him that turned into large worms that he had to pull out. I want to die. Yeah. And this and is And I usually don't. <laughs> like I feel like I I usually have a high tolerance for gross stuff, but this is worms in the skin yes hello so there is a movie that was made out of this book and it's a very good movie i'm going to mention it later it's called jungle and it's starring daniel radcliffe who is playing yossi Mm. very good movie highly recommend but anyway there's a part where he's like pulling the worm out of him (laughs) and um when i watched that movie yesterday in the airport i was eating oh god i was puke i was eating rice pudding (laughs) oh god it was nasty i literally i was like i had to cover the screen because i was like i cannot watch this while i'm eating rice pudding like that feels like the worst thing to be eating anyway it was very tasty rice pudding and i didn't get freaked out so it's good but yeah anyway that that's what happened to him and he had many in the movie he just had one but in real life he had like 12 oof yeah So even worse than that, there was one night where Yossi had been too weak to stand up at night to go to pee, and he didn't want to leave his mosquito net. So he decided he would just pee on himself, which in the moment made him feel warm. And he was like, okay, this is great. But the smell of pee had attracted massive, very strong ants that were burrowing inside his body. Like... They were literally biting and ripping into his flesh to get inside of him. Like they were, Ooh. they were unlike anything I've ever heard of. Like, and he said he had to fight off these crazy ants all night and had a large pile of them in the morning, like in front of him, like a pile. Ugh, the and, jungle just does not stop. And termites had begun eating him alive because of the pea smell. So he messed up with that one. He was like, I don't know why I did that. That was really stupid. Yeah, I thought he was just going to be cold. Nope. But yeah, damn. No. Pee attracts ants. Yes, pee pee attracts like certain insects, I guess. Gross. And so he got damn near eaten alive. Yeah. He dealt with terrifying flash flooding from the rain in the jungle. But worst of all, Yossi had seen and heard a plane above him. However, he was deep in the jungle and couldn't be spotted. Like he was in the trees. Yeah, there's no way. It was also extremely high up and he knew that they were looking, but they didn't see him and he was very weak. Like it was a sad moment. Yeah. Which brings us to Yossi's, I believe, 17th day out there on his own. Walking was torture and he hadn't eaten anything in days. That morning, Yossi was so weak he could barely stand, let alone walk a very far distance, but he was determined to get to the beach. So he stood up and saw a tree covered in fire ants, and he shook the tree over him, which sent fire ants raining down onto his body, and they bit him, and he used the pain to drive him forward. Wow. Yeah. This is nuts. I know. That's so metal. Yeah. So once he made it to the beach, he collapsed, and was basically knocking on death's door. He didn't want to die and kept convincing himself he could do more, but he was so weak, he felt like he would at least get to rest there, but he might just die there. But as he got to the beach, he was stunned to see that he had walked all the way back to Curie Playa. He didn't realize it, but he had gotten turned around somehow and had walked all the way back. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, how? 
how devastating. I mean, you're about to die and you're like, oh, just did a whole circle. Yep. An even bigger one. Yeah. His body was so sensitive. He felt like he had thousands of needles piercing him. With the condition his feet were in, there was no way he could go on. He lay there watching the light on the Tuichi, feeling like he would surely die there. He went back and forth between wanting to die and convincing himself he could live. He was so engrossed in this daydream that he almost missed the sound of boat propellers. It was just around dusk, and at first he thought it was just his mind playing tricks on him, until he realized that the noise was loud and very real, and there were people nearby. He stood up and saw four people on the river in a narrow boat, but they had been turning around and leaving. Yossi tried to call out, hello, hello, but nothing came out. He was so weak that he couldn't even make noise. But just before they left, a tall, curly-haired man stood up in the boat and gasped. He screamed, don't move, Yossi, I'm coming to where you are. It was Kevin. Kevin. Kevin, it was Kevin. Come to the rescue. It was Kevin. Wow. That's insane. Look at him go. Kevin had found Yossi. Kevin ran to Yossi and threw his arms around him, and the two stood there for a long time, crying and murmuring unintelligibly. And when I watched this in the movie and read it in the book, I cried. <laughs> like, Aww. it was so heartwarming. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, the amount of emotion. And heartbreaking. In that mo- yeah, in that moment. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Kevin had not only survived, but gotten a search party mobilized and rescued Yossi. Even though literally every person he asked for help told him it was impossible and his friend was dead, he found a man named Tico who had a boat and knew the Tuichi extremely well and had agreed to take Kevin to search, even though he thought Yossi was dead. He's like, it's useless. Your friend is dead. And he's like, I'll buy your boat. And he's like, fine, you crazy yeah, white man. Okay. I will take you. Like, You're crazy white like man. I will take you. So he took him down the Tuichi with his other friend and they were like trying to hunt along the way. And Kevin was like, stop trying to hunt we're looking for my friend and they like this was their last stop like they it was dusk they had to turn around it was going to be dark they couldn't be out out there past you know a certain time and they had literally started to turn the boat around and then kevin looks back one more time and spots yossi standing there this is giving me chills i mean this is just another like you know timeline moment Mm -hmm. he doesn't find the fire ants right it's dead right so that's why it like gives me such chills like even reading it and and watching the movie like it was such an emotional moment so anyway kevin found him and that was incredible amazing yeah so here's what happened to kevin after the rafting accident kevin like yossi tried looking for him but after a few hours came to a place where the sides of the river were sheer rock face like i had mentioned it was you could not pass it So there was no following the river down to get to where Yossi was. Kevin knew he had to travel into the jungle to get around the rock wall to get to where Yossi had been spit out. Kevin had trekked through the jungle for a few days before he decided to get back into the river with a big log. And he just held onto this log as it pulled him down the current. Wow, okay. So that's what he did. And he made it to Curie Playa and called out to Yossi, but Yossi hadn't made it there yet. So it was just, they were... Oh, they just missed each other. Pretty much, by a few days. So he got back into the water and almost drowned as he struggled to stay awake, holding onto this log. But he was rescued by two men who saw him floating down the river. And they weren't supposed to be there. They only go hunting in that area twice a year. And they just so happened to be in that area. Dude, I mean, how many things... I know! ...add up here. I know. So, but they managed to spot Kevin and they saved him. 
And and then Kevin, once he got back to like the villages, made it his mission to get someone to help him to find Yossi because he's like, I know Yossi is alive. And they're like, your friend is dead. And he's like, he's alive. You have to come with me. And they're like, it's been basically a month. Like there's no way this random guy who knows nothing about the jungle is alive. Yeah, I mean... And like logically... wrong. Yeah, I mean logically, but you know, yeah. I love a... Determined. I love that conviction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Here's something very sad and extremely crazy. Carl and Marcus were never seen again. When Kevin went to the different embassies trying to track everyone down, he found out that Carl Ruprechter was actually known by the embassy and was a wanted fugitive by the Austrian government and Interpol. Whoa. This also wasn't his first time taking backpackers into the jungle. He had taken two German backpackers into the jungle a few years prior and abandoned them. However, they were thankfully saved by someone who found them. So he had gotten in trouble for this in the past. He is not a guide. He is not whatever. He is a fake. Okay, but we were catching on to this. Yes. The God, embassy... What happened to Marcus? No one knows. So the embassy told Kevin Carl had no uncle on a ranch anywhere, and there was not even any native village. He made it up. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's very scary to think why he brought them out there with the promise of finding this village that did not exist. Like he was walking them into the jungle with no real destination. Terrifying. It's, it's, I mean, another level of cruel. Yeah. They don't know why Carl singled out Yossi, but he was a fake. And that's why his stories didn't add up. Also, the two days walk or whatever he promised them that their hike would be was completely fabricated. The distance that they would have needed to walk to get to San Jose was actually insane and they never would have made it. Never. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he made it up. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And if Marcus hadn't stubbornly suggested they turn around, they would have run out of food because Carl lied about everything. Because he didn't have any real destination in mind. He was just walking them through the jungle with no real plan. Or I don't know what his plan was. No one really does. And it seems like he deliberately lied about the location of places. Mm. Kevin wanted the Austrian embassy to help him track down Carl and Marcus. But they were like, oh, Carl's lost in the jungle. Good. I hope he stays lost. Like they were like, we want him gone. Yeah. But Kevin was like, what about my friend? Like, what about Marcus? And they literally just shrugged at him. They're like, we don't care. Wow. Yep. It's fucked up. I know. Kevin and Yossi both went back into the jungle to search for the men, not at the same time because when it, when Kevin went, Yossi was still very weak. So Kevin went, he couldn't find them. Then Yossi went another time, he couldn't find them. So like they're gone. Um, yeah. Both times they were there was absolutely no sign of them. It was as if they had just vanished. Yeah. I mean, the jungle doesn't leave behind a trace right. so, for very long. So Yossi was treated by the doctor, and despite everything, he was told he would be back in good health in no time. Like, he was fine. That's lucky. I know. Uh, and today, Kevin Gale lives in Tel Aviv, Israel, with his wife and children, and he and Yossi are still best friends. Yossi has been back to the jungle, and even worked together with the indigenous community, scientists, and designers and engineers to build an eco-village to save the village on the Tuichi. Because it was like dying or whatever. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so he saved it. And it's like one of the biggest ecotourism spots and whatever in the Amazon. Wow, so that's, that's cool. Yeah, really cool. Big impact. Yeah. He continued living a nomadic lifestyle for much of his life, doing some really cool work along the way. But now he is an inspirational keynote speaker. He's written two books. The first being Back from Tuichi in 1993. And Jungle, a harrowing true story of survival, which is what I read for the story, which was then turned into Jungle. 
starring Daniel Radcliffe in 2017. And both are very good. I highly recommend both the book and the movie. And he lives in the Australian rainforest with his family. Wow. Okay. I mean, he is such an interesting person. Yeah. Had to tell. Yeah. And that's the story of Yossi Ginsberg and Kevin Gale and Marcus. And yeah. I mean, I Carl. think this might top our jungle stories. That's what I'm saying. I think the only one that compares is one of the first ones we that I told where uh, I forget what her name was, but she fell from a plane. Yulian Kuepke. Yul- yeah. Right. Right. Kuepka. Kuepka. That's Yeah, I got the pronunciation correct by mistake. <laughs> so, so I mean, literally so many points mm-hmm. at which the timing of things had to be exactly right, mm-hmm. but wrong enough. Yep. And lied to. They were lied to along lied the way. Lied to. Like the, I mean, um, this is fucked up because it's not like you're actually killing them with your hands. Right. But you are killing them. Yes. Yeah. He was, he was a wanted fugitive for God only knows what. Like, he was not a good person. <laughs> like, he was... Yeah. Um, and he had taken backpackers out there and like done the same thing. Like yeah. he's a scammer. He wanted their money and he wanted, I don't know what he wanted. He wanted to go kill a monkey in a vicious way. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but Tico, the guy who saved with the boat, Kevin and, uh, Yossi, uh, he said when he heard what Carl said about like their walk, he's like, oh yeah. He said that like the indigenous people can like do a, like a five day walk and they'll be here or whatever. And he's like, oh, yes, I guess technically the indigenous people can do that. But in the dry season, which is not now, it's the rainy season. So there's Mm. no possible way you could do that because you'd have to cross this river and it's far too dangerous. And also the indigenous people are like moving way faster than you. Like they, like, they (laughs) they know where they're going and they know what they're doing. And they're in shape. And like, yeah. And also like you would never have made it. Like the walk it we would have had to do you would have died you would have died immediately like yeah um so he was like he was lying and he was making up destinations along the way he he's like i don't know why he didn't tell you about this this and that like yeah so it was very clear by the end that carl was completely a liar and like they don't know what his motive was because they went missing yeah wasn't good yeah so very very sad about marcus yeah it's just a really sad thing but yeah. yeah what an amazing person and i mean truly just one of the most grueling stories of perseverance that i think we've heard yeah absolutely it's like a really amazing story anyway that's really all i have to say about that because this is going to be a long episode so yeah. um what is your good thing my good thing is that most of our stuff is set up in the apartment and it looks really good yeah like it finally feels inhabitable for we the first time a couch and a tv stand and yeah. a tv and the couch is so comfortable oh it my looks god so great i think that's my good thing um my good thing is the couch it is so damn comfortable yeah um i did so much research on this cloud couch, couch dupe. Look it's it a up. cloud couch dupe and you know all the tiktok girlies were like it's amazing and i was like yes so like we got it and it's great and also i just got back from a big trip that i mentioned i think last oh, time back which... from italy <laughs> Whatever. That's, that's also a really good thing. Yeah. Um, shout out to my mom. It was her birthday while we were there. Happy birthday, mom. Happy birthday. Um, and yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to check out all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at nottoday underscore podcast. If you would like to vote on an upcoming bonus episode and hear a bunch of bonus episodes, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash nottodaypodcast. 
If you or anyone you know has a story of survival or something crazy that's happened to them and you want to possibly hear it on an upcoming listener's episode, send it to knowtodaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is not today podcast and a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three. Because that makes sense. And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.